Hello once again, and welcome to the Agile Coffee Podcast. Before we start with today's episode, I would just like to ask you that if you like this show, please go to Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you're downloading this from and fill out a review. The stars are nice, and certainly a five-star review is, is makes us so happy, but um, more than anything else, it's the words that we're really looking for. Any Any words of encouragement or feedback are super appreciated, and that's what we ask of you. Thanks. Agile Coffee. Agile Coffee. Agile Coffee. Agile Coffee. All right, welcome again to Agile Coffee. This is episode episode seventeen. Wow, we've come so far. It's uh, coming up on the end of the year, so. Uh, a few more, a couple more for this season, and then we start a brand new year. Today, I am joined by a room stuffed to the gills with <laughs> Agile heroes. Yay! That's right. Uh, to my left, we have Dale Ellis. Welcome, Dale. Morning. Dale can be reached on Twitter at the Digital Dale. Good morning, John. Hey, back again. Better than ever. John Jorgensen on Twitter at Water Scrumbon. Larry Lawhead. Glad to be here again. At lawhead5 at hotmail.com. That's not Twitter. That's email. Old school email. I like how Larry rolls. <laughs> it's the old school way of doing it. And Brett Palmer. Hi. Good morning, Victor. Brett can be reached on Twitter at Brett underscore Palmer. And before we go any further, I wanted to do a three cheers for my man, Brett Palmer, for putting together what we're going to talk about first, which is the website for Agile Coach Camp. Yay. Oh, yay. Good job, Brett. Good job. Well done. I was happy to do it. Oh, good. It was, uh, <laughs> I will say it was a lot more work than I thought, but yeah. uh, we got, got it done. We were all surprised. Um, and, yeah, I'm pleased uh, with the output. It looks beautiful. So without further ado, let's launch into events. We've got certainly this event that we'd like to discuss uh, briefly coming up here. We can finally announce. Oh, it feels so good. Yes. Agile Coach Camp U.S. West. West. 2015. <laughs> so it'll be held here in Irvine, California. On the dates, Brett, do you remember the dates? It's going to be April 10th, 11th, and 12th, 2015. Correct. Correcto yes. That's a Friday and a Saturday and a Sunday. Yes, and then there's going to be a pre-coach camp workshop. Completely yeah. optional. And a post-coach camp uh, training also well. optional right which are not which are not uh, given by us but none other than the sue johnston yay sue yay sue we're so looking forward to having her come down and then, and then we're also putting in a component with james prieto yes none other than the james prieto local, yep, yep. local uh experience trainer so one thing that i'm really proud of with this upcoming coach camp is not only is it the first one on the west coast mm -hmm. and that we are doing it um and learning so much from it yes. but also it's got bunk houses it's got bungalows oh, yes. it's got a campfire <laughs> we're gonna have s'mores oh man it's Take set up at the, uh, <laughs> at the Irvine Regional Center. What is it? The Outdoor Education Center. That's correct. Um, a Boy beautiful, Scout camp. Beautiful camp. <clears throat> Overlooks so much of the Orange County area. So tickets go on sale today as, as we speak. They are on sale as we speak. As we yes. speak. Very good. Yeah, and, and get them now while they're hot. That's right. Uh, we've, we've got so much in store there, and sponsors are lining up. We... Um, we're looking forward to surprising folks with a lot of fun stuff. But, you know, it's an open space event, so it's absolutely 
unlimited in possibilities. And I don't know if uh, all of our listeners or or the gentlemen um, on this podcast are familiar with open space events, but they um, allow anybody to direct what the topic of conversation will be, much like Agile Coffee at scale. And um, the the previous open spaces uh, events that I've been to have been rewarding on so many levels. AgileGathering.com for more information on the upcoming Coach Camp. Uh, let's get started, guys. Let's start writing out some cards. Okay. All right, so now we've got all our cards. Let's move them. Uh, we're going to move them to the middle, but af- after we uh, explain what they are first. So we'll go around the room and, and say what, what the cards are that we have in front of us. Uh, Larry, you've got four at least in front of you. There. Yeah, I've got four cards. I have a lot of questions <laughs> that I want to discuss today. Uh, what, and it all, it's basically built on a promise that I made uh, in a meeting I had yesterday. Uh, I told the uh, VP of uh, of uh, IT that I can guarantee him that if you tell us what to build, we can build it, and we can bring down our production costs, uh, drastically reduce our production costs by becoming more efficient, and that uh, will also increase sales. And you're going to see sales eclipse our, uh, our production costs. You're going to see that X happen. Right. And I told him... Give me three months, and we'll we'll see how it looks. Okay. I didn't promise that we'd have it done in three months, but I said in three months it'll look a lot different, and I promised him it'll do it. He said, "Go for it." All right, so that's a that's a great fertile ground for discussion. I'm sure. Um, what else do you have there? Well, this is, this is a quote from John from the last time we, I was here, and he said, "IT ops is the next big thing." I'd like to find out why. <laughs> great, great. Uh, we have a card that says Coach Crisis Corner. Oh yeah, this is my card. So I've got this this idea. Um, I'm interested in gathering tons and tons of real life scenarios that scrum masters and agile coaches have encountered in their in their work with their teams. Um, not necessarily having the solution, but having the problem <laughs> as uh, material to kind of. Um, Develop your sea legs, or you know, cut your teeth, so to speak, as as a practitioner, um, agile coach. And Dale's got a few cards in front of us. Dale, why don't you read through some of your topics? Yeah, uh, Kanban stand-up meeting formats. Uh, wanted to get uh, people's input as to whether they prefer using the three questions approach or walking the board backwards. <laughs> And uh, my last question is uh, time boxing elaboration and requirements discussions, uh, specifically in like yeah. a Kanban environment where you don't have a formal planning meeting, but you do have a meeting where the idea is to discuss uh, and elaborate on the user stories. How do you bring people in and, and, mm-hmm. and keep them from going too far down the rabbit hole? Uh, let's go ahead and get out our pens and... How about uh, four votes apiece, everyone? Mm-hmm. So spread the, uh, put the cards in the middle of the table, and okay. and you can mark up your cards with uh, all four votes on one card, or spread them out amidst the different cards. All right, so we've voted. We've got a uh, stacked backlog. Everything's in priority order. Let's go on. The first topic today is why is IT ops the next big thing? Uh, Larry, I think you wrote. Yeah, that. yeah. Th- this is something that we talked about just before I left. Uh, uh, the last time I was here, uh, John mentioned it, and I go, I've been thinking about that ever since then. And so I finished the book, uh, The Phoenix Project, 
and I have to say, I, I, I'm pretty blown away by by it. You know, you start reading the book and you go, yeah, okay, I know all that stuff. I've been through all those disasters, and and as this this uh, evolution occurs, you go, oh, that's a great idea. Wow, I never thought of that. That's a that's a really good wow. And it start and lights start to go off into your head. Um, so. John, why'd you say that? Why, yeah. g- g- give me so, a sales pitch on this because sure. I want to use it actually if I can. Awesome. Um, so this is why I say IT ops is the next big thing is because I believe that it's the key that unlocks the agile enterprise. In other words, you traditionally or most commonly you'll see agile sprout up inside of the software development organization. And what it does is it's kind of like putting a speck of sand in an oyster. So it turns into a pearl as it irritates the, the <laughs> oyster, um, you know, over time. And that's only sustainable for so long. And I think that what happens is as that irritation grows, there, you know, there's this talk of an amoeba kind of getting over a hump you know, getting over the, the peak of something it's trying to climb, it'll either slide back down and you'll you'll lose a lot of the Agile in your organization or it'll slide over the hump and then new parts of the enterprise will start adopting Agile in ways that were never really planned or expected. And so the in my mind's eye, the IT ops is the pinnacle of that hump. So when... Traditionally, um, the operations side of the enterprise is in an antagonistic relationship with the development side of the enterprise. Um, you'll you'll find that um, because operations is keeping the lights on, it can f- fetter or constrain dev the dev organization to work at a certain cadence and to cave into certain constraints that are imposed on it because operations keeps the lights on. They therefore have a lot of sway. Yeah. But if you can create a truce amidst this gang war that's happening between IT, dev, and ops, now you have a really strong synergy that will be two specks of sand in this oyster that are two too influential to now shut down and replace with a traditional model. Oh, yeah, I like that. That's very good. Yeah. So I I think that this movement is being basically fueled by three individuals, um, Gene Kim leading the way. Um, Paul Pleissner is a person that has, I believe, taken this vision somewhere. And then Jez Humble, who wrote the book Continuous, is it Continuous Deployment or Continuous Development? Um, but essentially, uh, these these three people are very strong thought leaders and superbly articulate in describing why it's so impactful for well-known household name branded companies and the profound impact that it has on their profitability. And so um, I believe that they will continue to, you know, uh, gather attention and influence Mm -hmm. and impact 
not these behemoth companies, which are, have already basically, I think, kind of turned the corner on this, but smaller and smaller companies, which comprise the better part of our economy. John, we've got one more copy of the Phoenix Project. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that they haven't got them all yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and we're so fortunate. These were donated by Gene Kim himself. And everyone who reads this book is transformed permanently in their career. I've had conversations randomly just yesterday with uh, a person who um, is in this virtual server space. And uh, when I said the name Gene Kim, he immediately uh, repeated back, you mean the author of The Phoenix Project? <laughs> and it's, it's a very readable book, as, as you know, Larry. Should we give one more away uh, to the first person who uses the hashtag tell Agile Coffee, lets us know uh, that they want a copy of the Phoenix Project, and, uh, and we'll ship it off to them. Uh, what are you all right. Um, <laughs> all right. We'll do it. <laughs> no one saw that, but there was some severe arm twisting. There we go. There. Yep. All right. Moving on, the next topic is Coach Crisis Corner. Coach Crisis Corner. Yeah, so this is my card, and it's I guess you could say it's a kind of brainchild of how can we aggregate real-life situations that have occurred to agile practitioners. Presumably it would be a scrum master or product owner or uh, maybe an agile coach, where the response to the crisis or the, the problem scenario is not immediately obvious, where it actually requires some deep thinking and maybe even collaboration with other coaches. I, I would, I've seen some of these scenarios, and I would like to aggregate a huge body of them. And I'm well, we could do this at Agile Coach Camp. We could have somebody yes. dress up as a camp counselor yes. and go off into the, you know, portion of the uh, site to the counselor's office and interview people on their oh, wow. I love um, have inter interviews with with agile coaches and scrum masters and uh, it can kind of become almost like a confessional and and then at that point then <laughs> we're compiling anonymous information right I want to be um, anonymous. and then we could then distribute that at some point after the coach camp yes. as a way of sort of saying hey these were the problems and then these were some proposed solutions let's swarm some ideas about it as mm -hmm. as a community mm -hmm. and we can still use the website even after coach camp yes uh agilegathering.com as mm -hmm. a place to go and swarm over these possibilities yes. and assemble a almost kind of like a case study by case study mm -hmm. approach and this is the this is the problem these were the proposed best solutions that the community could come up with this is another mm -hmm. problem these were the best solutions that the community could come up with yes. and over time we can amass this very valuable data yes that's that's exactly what i was envisioning um i like your process um and i would i would like to start that and there could be other there could be other inlets for the for the case studies. Mm -hmm. um, we could have a web form where people could anonymously write in um, or you know, call through the web or, even or call a conference call. Yeah, any yeah. any channel that brings in more of these case studies that are that happened in real life. Right. We're not talking about theoreticals. We're th talking mm -hmm. about things that actually happened. And I'm not as interested in the solutions yet 
as I am the actual problem space. But I, but I do like this idea that you're bringing, Brett, where we bring together the collective wisdom of crowds, so to speak, and over time, right. maybe we get better and better solutions. Well, not to only that, these. but if I'm reading through this journal, this compilation of people's mm-hmm. problems and their experiences, mm-hmm. as I'm reading some of this stuff, I might encounter somebody's scenario and I might be like, hmm, that's a really interesting scenario. I wonder what I would do if I were faced with this type of scenario. Oh, and look what the community suggested. And they suggested these um, technologies like nonviolent communication. Hmm, I've never heard of nonviolent communication before. Hmm, maybe I'll go online and learn something about it. And now I'm developing myself because of this type of activity. Yeah, I think you've described the value statement very well, which is what I envisioned is taking these this database of crisis scenarios and using them as like a workout curriculum in a coaching dojo, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, this is something um, by benefit of working uh, together, John and I have been discussing over the last few days. Uh, we, too, had talked about doing a forum. In fact, you can go to agilecoffee.com uh, and, and peruse our new forums and, and add to it as well. But I like the idea that you're taking it um, – to a face-to-face, even if there is an mm-hmm. anonymous aspect to it, um, and then and then tying that in with a virtual. Well, form we could too. Be, we could build a confessional mm-hmm. box at Agile Coach Camp. Yeah, I'm loving that. <laughs> a little screen. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes to get these scenarios, because we all know that they're happening. Oh, gee. And <laughs> you know, there's yeah, there's so much to be learned. Like you know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. That is absolutely the case with. Agile and Scrum. It's because there are needs, we we find solutions by having conversations. Mm-hmm. And why reinvent the wheel? If someone has already like overcome the challenge that you face, why not why not get that from them and and use that? Or if you discover that there is no that no two scenarios are truly alike, then fine. Maybe tweaking a solution to match your scenario is a lot easier than exo nilo facto, just bringing it out of nothingness. So just an idea. All right. Use the hashtag AskAgileCoffee if you have any questions that you would like to, um, to ask us, and we will be sure to read it on the podcast air. Meanwhile, the hashtag TellAgileCoffee can be used to uh, submit your own Confessional, as it were. There we go. Any, anything that you'd like to discuss with us, either of the hashtags works fine. Also be sure to check out the website, agilecoffee.com slash episode 17, for more information on any of the books or topics that you're hearing today. Next up, Larry, you put this card, or I wrote it out. It says Larry's Promise. Yes. It may not be a promise. Oh, it was, it was a promise, all right. I... I um I've read. I, I've got a, the audio book, uh, the audio version of Sutherland's new book. Mm-hmm. I've read it. I had it played on the way to work. Probably I've gone through it now five times, if oh, at all, because wow. I wanted to really get these concepts. But I got. I'm. I'm totally fired up. Nice. I know that we can. We can by becoming better at what we do. We can. Um, Lower the cost of production drastically, yep. and so we're in, the, we're in the process of defining our product. It's a new market, and um, so it's it's kind of cowboy country anyhow. And so until now, we uh, we've been building 
this and building that, but we haven't had any real purpose. And we needed a, a new uh, product owner. We've got the new product owner. She's very, very focused, which is a good thing. Yeah, awesome. So that's going to take care of the. I, I was telling our, uh, our director the other day, uh, the reason why the product goes everywhere and does a little bit of everything but not very good is because that was the input we were given. Yes. So you give us clear, concise input. Make those stories clear. We can build it, and we can build it efficiently, and we'll get better at it, and we'll bring those costs down. So I told him that as sales go up, mm-hmm. the production costs are going to go down because we're going to constantly be becoming better at what we do. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that. Mm-hmm. I said, just wait till wait and see what happens in three months. See where we are in three months. It's going yes. to be tremendously a lot further ahead than we are now. It will. And he said, go. He looked a little uh, pessimistic. Uh, but you, that's, that's how it works. You don't, yeah. you get, you get better at what you do and it becomes less expensive. Uh, you, you don't lower your prices or lower your production costs by laying people off or doing no. whatever because that just doesn't solve the problem. Exactly. The problem is um, that you're not efficient enough. And yeah. So make your team or your processes more efficient. It will lower that cost. And so I told him, we can do this with Agile Scrum. We can, I can guarantee you we can, yeah. and we're going to do it. Yeah, and, you know, I, it's, it's ironic because, like, the very first one or two slides that I received as a Scrum Master in training was this concept of the, the savings, the efficiency of Scrum, by the work not done. In other words, the requirements that you decided not to fulfill is where some of this efficiency comes from. Yep. And so, like you say, having a product owner who's, who's focused, who has clarity on what the market demands and is willing to pay for is the difference between night and day of – well, what can our engineers think up in a, ba- in a vacuum? Exactly. That's what's been going on until now. Yeah. We had, uh, what was it, I think on Thursday, we had this marathon five-hour backlog grooming session with the new product owner, mm-hmm. and she was throwing more stuff out than she was keeping. And I Yay. thought this is exactly awesome. what we needed. Yep. There's your, there's your efficiency already taking root up front. And, you know, I, I, I encounter, you know, I'm in a very similar situation to you, Larry, as, as we've uh, kind of pre-discussed this topic. And I, I can see people not so much pessimistic as wanting to kind of be a, a foil, you know, to, to the point or a, a counterpoint to the point that you're making, which is like, okay, so if, if you're so sure of yourself, then go out and do that. And, and cure me of my skepticism. Yeah, exactly. That's what I, that was the whole point here. We have salespeople that are skeptical. We've had meetings with them this week somewhat, and they said, well, you keep building stuff we can't sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet the market's doing this, and you're not doing that. You're doing something else. I said, yes. Calm down. The, yeah. the, reason why, the reason why is because <laughs> yes. we haven't had focus. Right. Now that we have focus, we've, we've answered that question. We've solved that problem. Now watch what happens. Yeah. And I, I, I know that uh, with the new focus you have, and not just improving the product, but improving the way you create the product. Exactly. That's the magic that happens. And you're going to get groundbreaking results. You know, you're going to deliver on that promise. Yeah, I believe so. I, I told our, our product owner, I said, we live from retrospective. Yeah. So 
whenever something is is you feel uncomfortable about it or it didn't work, we're going to be we're going to be going over that and over that, and we'll get it into our DNA, and we'll find ways around it. Yeah, and I, I think one of the thing is, I mean, we're calling the card Larry's promise, but this isn't just Larry's promise. This is the promise of everybody who's practiced Scrum and has seen the results. And, you know, your team is the one that's delivering with you on that. Absolutely. Promise. So it's, it's a great thing. Another great thing is that we've got a few more cards on the table. Uh, as we get to them, though, let's share the hashtag once more time, Tell Agile Coffee, and let us know where you stand on these topics. Next up, we have Kanban stand-up meeting formats. Kanban stand-up meeting formats. Dale, I think this was yours. Yeah, well, I'm working in a Kanban environment at the moment, and traditionally this team has used the three questions approach for their con for their daily stand-ups. To what did you do yesterday? What are you going to do today? And is there anything blocking you? <clears throat> um, it. I, I know that there is another technique that I've used some occasionally in in both Scrum and Kanban uh, teams. Uh, the walking the board backwards from the the, uh, the the finishing state back to the beginning, uh, and that, that's a technique that that's used I think more in, far more in Kanban than it is in Scrum because you you should not have like a lot of columns in a Scrum task board. But I was wondering if uh, anybody around the table had any experience with that, and uh, if it, I mean I, I I've done some research and there seems to be a uh, a general industry-wide preference for for doing it a certain way with Kanban teams. I was wondering if anybody here had any input. I, I'm, I'm currently running a team in Kanban, and we just do the stand-up to basically concur that we don't have anything blocking us, we don't have interdependencies upon each other, and we don't have dependencies on anybody outside of our Kanban system. And those conversations can be very quick, like five minutes, and then everybody's back to work. The other meetings uh, associated with Scrum or any other um, framework are dispensed with, and that was basically the purpose of implementing the Kanban system in the first place, is to remove all possible overhead. So you want this fast and to the point. That was, yeah, the way that we have approached it, and I'm open to other, other approaches as well. How many uh, how many people are on your Kanban team? Only four. Okay. Yeah. Because I've got like, well, <laughs> locally we've got probably twenty people. Oh. oh wow. So you said locally. Do you have a physical Kanban board or is it a? And no, we're on, using on, Jira. On Jira. Okay. Hmm. I'm wondering if that also um, changes how the meeting is is set up, what the format mm-hmm. is. If you're using a physical board and you're all standing around the same wall together versus using something online where you have to project it or huddle around the laptop or yeah that makes it more challenging uh we 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 conduct our stand up using the three questions approach mm-hmm. uh my research into into what i the the few books that have been written about kanban and uh the messages that i've seen on on posted on discussion boards and forums about it seems to be that there is a uh, I would say almost the vast majority of teams using Kanban are using a walking the board approach, which we do once a week. And uh, and my and I'm starting to think that that's uh, that would be a better technique to use on a daily basis. But it presents some challenges if you're doing things in Jira. 
Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that, and that's that yeah. We probably got about that many, like either physically in house or dialing in that are that are within our time zone range where they can mm-hmm. do that. We have teams here in the United States and in Mexico. I, I'm just curious now. Um, like, are are all twenty of those individuals like? Is their work interrelated as one uh, workflow, or is it just that they happen to have started out on the same team? Uh well, there is there's like an iPhone sub team and an Android sub team. They're on different tracks because there was a heck of a lot more work done on this product for. Android uh, originally, uh, so that's much further ahead than the iPhone side. Uh, so the, th- it's kind of split off in, in that way. Uh, so there, we have different user stories for each one of those teams, even though ultimately they're they're aiming toward getting them together. I would say if it was if it was me that I would sever those into two distinct teams mm-hmm. and. Only in the situation where there was interdependencies between those teams would I have kind of like a Kanban of Kanban. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking of that too. How do you manage that many people productively? I'm thinking that's right, uh, it's it's difficult. Yeah, yeah, and that's the, and that's not the end of it too. They've probably got an additional ten or so people in Asia. So. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my approach would be very similar to the Scrum. And I'm just pulling this out of conversations I've had with agile coaches. That you, if you have an offshore team, the best approach is to have them be self-contained, self-sustaining, mm-hmm. self-sufficient. And so I would say, if it's possible to have that offshore team be their own Kanban team, that they have their own stand-ups and their own mission and imperative and their own cadence, that would make the most sense and give you the greatest efficiency. Right. And that you actually do have a Kanban of Kanban boards. So mm-hmm. there's like feature level or greater greater uh, aggregation of work on a team swim swim lanes for each team on this larger meta board meta kanban board going back to the physicality of it that even the meta board is also managed in jira then or would you have a, a Probably. Uh, my experience with trying to manage, uh, and especially with a project of this, uh, that's got this many things moving around <clears> on the board at one, t- at one time, e- even when I was working with fairly simpler scrum teams, trying to maintain a physical board uh, and an electronic board at the same time is really a pain, trying to keep them synced up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would prefer to... Uh, I pre- prefer to use some kind of a projection system or something. You go into a room. Uh, we, we don't have that immediately available where we could do that every day. Uh, to go into a room, and then you project the board onto a screen or, or, or you show it on a big screen. Uh, and then you can – and even when I was doing scrum teams, when we weren't using the walking the board technique, yeah. even when we were using the three, the three questions thing, uh, if we were – because we were using JIRA, uh, we would uh, – Get everybody into a room and, and use a projector so that everybody could stand around that virtual board yeah. and see what was going on. Right. Yeah, this might be beyond the scope of this card, but how do you do your your cross function? How do you get your teams to be cross functional and, and self organizing when they're so in this situation? They're really not. But on the mm-hmm. other hand, that's not an imperative with Kanban. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I realize that. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> All right, that brings us to the end of this topic. Uh, Visit our website, agilecoffee.com slash episode 17 for notes from this and other topics.
All right, I want to thank my uh, fellow podcasters here today. So uh, once again, Larry Lawhead can be reached at lawhead5 at hotmail.com. Thanks for coming, Larry. Yeah, thank you. As always, Brett Palmer as well, Brett underscore Palmer on the Twitterverse. He's nodding. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here, Brett. Dale, Dale Ellis can be reached on Twitter at the Digital Dale. Good to have you here today. Thanks again. Love being here. And John Jorgensen at Water Scrumbon. Thank you. It was fulfilling. I reached my zen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great time. Thank you. Thank you all. I am very thankful to you, and we are thankful to our audience for listening and making us uh, Thank you. feel the love on this end. Uh, believe it or not, we do uh, care about your feedback, and your feedback will be at work. With 2015, the new year, we've got some, uh, some changes in store for the podcast. Uh, maybe a logo, maybe a jingle, who knows. Uh, we'll see what, what's down the pike for the new year. So if you are thankful for this podcast, please go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review and leave a note. Maybe give us uh, some words. Tell us what's going, uh, what's good and what's not so good with the podcast. You can reach out to us on Twitter using the hashtag AskAgileCoffee or TellAgileCoffee. Or, heck, just do it right there in the iTunes window. Just uh, let the world know. How amazing this... It's like a telethon for stars. That's right. This podcast <laughs> is something you can't live without in your agile lives. Reach into your wallet and then put the money right back in, put it in your pocket, and just give us the five stars instead. That's all we ask. That's all we ask. Go to agilegathering.com and check out more information about the upcoming Agile Coach Camp US West, which will be happening from April 10th through the 12th. Those are the official dates, of course. As Brett mentioned, we do have some programming, uh, optional programming in the days preceding and following that. More information online at www.agilegathering.com. And so happy holidays from all of us at the Agile Coffee Podcast. And come back next time for a fresh Agile brew. Agile Coffee. This is a really good time. Yes, thank you so yeah. much. So, um, you're not going to put in our rants at the end, are you?